0: Hi, everybody. This is Moco's Most Famous. My name is Joe Yashroff. We are coming to you from the podcast studio at MyMC Media in Rockville, Maryland. We have some serious star power besides Carolyn Raskowskis, who is in the house. We have Sean Springs, Springbrook High School legend, Ohio State All American, and 13 year NFL vet, and now a CEO for a very interesting company that we're going to talk about. And uh, I wanted to welcome Sean to the show. I've been trying to get him for a while. Welcome to the show, Sean. How are you today?
1: I'm great, great. I'm happy to be on, man, representing Montgomery County.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I know you, uh, you grew up, uh, I know you weren't born in Montgomery County. You were born in Williamsburg, but then, then moved to yep. Montgomery County and went to Springbrook. So I, I know, I've heard you talk about your time in Montgomery County very glowingly. Yep. What, what about Montgomery McGregor- mm-hmm. County do you, did you love
1: well, I, I, I think for me, you know, especially in high school, you know, Montgomery County and growing up was pretty diverse. I went to high school with people from all walks of life, from all different cultures, and, and that was a great experience. And I think that, you know, that that was awesome. And this education, you know, uh, now that I have kids, is important you realize, you know, the how important the school system or school district you live in and if you think about even today Montgomery County is one of the top school districts across the country as far as education and that's why you I believe there's so much success from some of the schools and people like Goldie Hawn to you know Sylvester Stallone to, you know it's a lot of amazing people come out of the county.
0: Dave Chappelle uh, we had uh, Tommy Davidson yeah, yeah. on from In Living Color yeah. a few weeks ago I mean it's it's an amazing county comedy actors athletes it's really rich diverse county isn't it mm-hmm.
1: they have songwriters so you think about it in my high school alone i can think of uh michael brown whose name is michael illy he's an actor oh, yeah. um, we have one professional professional basketball player professional football player an executive i got a couple of friends who, who started companies and sold them so yeah
0: um, and uh, I mentioned uh, you were part of the Montgomery County Sports Hall of Fame launching uh, a few weeks ago. And I, yep. full, full disclosure, I'm, I'm part of the, the board and you were kind enough to okay. – to be at the event, not only kind enough to be at the event, but you mm-hmm. and, and I told you this to your face so i 'm not just saying this you really made the event the the start not only the star power that you bring but the the positive energy when and i 've said this also when you walk into a room you you light it up you it you change the chemistry of the room, so we were all really happy to to uh, have you there at uh, at the the Cabanon Regional Park, the Shirley Povich Field. So, uh, what about your involvement? Uh, I know it's just kind of beginning, but uh, with the, with the Montgomery County Sports Hall of Fame, you, I know you're excited about that, which is really nice.
1: I am because if you if you think about you know the legends and you know student athletes that have come out of Montgomery County, you would be in awe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, amount amount of talent and uh, some of the players. You know, and I, and I mentioned guys like Curtis Pride in my speech, but. You know, I'm just, you know, I know, you know, how Mike County just playing in high school or the youth leagues um, have shaped so many lives and taught so many valuable lessons from discipline to hard work to teamwork and great leaders have come out of the county. Uh, I was fortunate to have one of the greatest coaches of all time, uh, Coach Bob Malloy, who coached Mm -hmm. me at Springbrook, who later went on to Good council. And uh, just just, uh, the county – is overdue, long overdue, to recognize some of the talented young men and women uh, that's come through the county. And I'm just happy to support it.
0: That, and that's real real kind of you, um, and, and it means a lot to a lot of people. And you mentioned Bob Aloy who is a legend. A, you're a legend from Springbrook. So clearly you two will be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not giving away any secrets, but it's going to be exciting. It <laughs> be be, would be
1: great to be going together. Yeah, I would love that. That, that, would, that <laughs> would be would very cool. that.
0: He would love that. That <laughs> would be very cool. That would be very cool. Um, all right. So I want to ask you about, so you, you were not born in Montgomery County. You were actually born in Williamsburg, Virginia. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, what mm-hmm. was that uh, like growing up in, in Williamsburg, a very historic uh, town, obviously?
1: Yeah, and and the cool thing about Williamsburg, everyone knows from the A three field trip about Colonial Williamsburg. I went to Jamestown Christian Academy, and most of my family is down there, and uh and I have a deep roots down in that area. We like to say seven five seven. My dad and Lawrence Taylor and Mel Gray went to high school. How about wow. that? You know, wow. so uh, a lot of people don't know Miss Taylor and Lawrence Taylor's mom was my nanny at the church. My my grandmother cleaned the halls of Williamsburg. Really? Right across the street was first. Was First Baptist, and Miss Taylor was one of the, the nannies there and, and like daycare. So, how about that—a small world where yes. you know um, I was able to grow. And then I moved to the Washington D.C. area in third grade and been been in this area for majority of my life, and I love it.
0: And I was going to ask you because I know uh, Lawrence Taylor was from Williamsburg, so you're okay not being mm-hmm. the greatest defensive player to come out of Williamsburg. You're okay giving up that title to uh, LT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and,
1: and if he he's the greatest. I'm okay giving it up to probably the greatest defensive player to ever play our game. So
0: totally agree. Um, totally agree. He was yep, unbelievable. So, so uh, I haven't done the math, but so he's uh, age wise, uh, how how much older is he than you?
1: Yeah, he's probably my dad's age. I imagine okay. he's probably sixty now. You know, okay. I'm I'm forty four, so probably we're sixteen. My dad, okay. my mom. Uh, had me their senior in high school.
0: Got it. So was he considered, obviously, a legend in Williamsburg in terms of uh, sports? Oh, yes. Yeah, you
1: know, down there is this tremendous pool of talent. You know, anywhere from Richmond on down, what you call a 757, there's a tremendous pool of talent. Yeah. Guys from Allen Iverson to Bruce Smith to Alonzo Mourning. You know, I can continue to name a lot of the guys mm-hmm. down there so I say my roots are down there but I hold my skills in Montgomery County mm-hmm. right there off of New Hampshire Avenue in a neighborhood called Stonegate and playing with guys like Darren McClinton and Kevin McClinton and you guys the Redskins fans out there who listen to the podcast might remember the tragic accident of Darren's father and Kevin's father Earl who played for Redskins got hit
0: absolutely and, and
1: killed but uh, I, I grew up in Stonegate and that's where I got really good
0: <laughs> yeah the 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 tragic accident you talk about uh, i believe uh harold was stopping and helping somebody on the street yep. and he got sideswiped mm-hmm. which is just uh just horrible but um but he, he both, both were legends. Sean, you mentioned your dad, Ron Springs. Skins fans, NFL fans remember him very well. Ron Springs was a really, really good player, mostly with the Cowboys. And uh, you'll have to um, forgive Skins fans for not loving Ron Springs. He's a Cowboy, so we had to hate him. We had to hate all of his teammates, right? But I, I know he was your hero and very influential in, in uh, you playing football, obviously.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I was lucky because, you know, a lot of people look up to the stars of the day or, you know, today would be Steph Curry and LeBron James and guys like that. and Tom Brady, I, I was fortunate that my dad was a professional football player. He was my hero because of my dad. But it made it even cooler to be able to hang out with his father in the locker room. <laughs> his job <laughs> was to hang out with guys like Tony Dorset and Mike Dicker and Coach Dan Reeves. Man legendary coach Tom Landry and Ed Tuttle Jones. And I can name all the Cowboy Legends because I basically was a guy getting them Gatorade when I was like <laughs> seven, or eight years old while those guys would be working out.
0: That's amazing. So were you in awe or did it just become kind of this is my life, it's kind of a regular thing and you thought this is just how people grow up? I don't know if
1: you can be an R. You kind of look at them like they're your uncles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like your family member, right? You see them at your house <laughs> eating dinner sometimes. Like you know, being you know, me and Tony Dossett's son Anthony, we we were just excited about Wet Wednesdays when they would uh, wet the go kart track down in Dallas on Wednesdays when we visit our dads and be able to you know just hang out and do some cool stuff.
0: That's uh, that's really cool. Not not many people have famous uncles like uh, like you did. Um, okay, so I want to go back to Springbrook now. So, what kind of kid? Yep. What kind of student? What kind of uh, what was it like being at Springbrook for, for Sean Springs?
1: Well, the cool thing about it is, you know, you know, before I even got to Springbrook, there was a legendary coach named. I mean, Bob Malloy was establishing himself, and there were some players that came through before me, like uh Leonard Green, who was the u s a they played a year in man, I just you know had you know there was some Michael Leslie and I just had some great coaches and great teachers there and and the cool thing about the county is like you know it was still neighborhood ball, right, so everybody knew to be that mm-hmm. the, the park and whether well, it was Stonegate Park or martin Luther King Park, and that's where you honed your skills and and what it meant for me was, you know, I just felt that, you know, at that time there was a WCAC, but still the county was extremely strong. You know, obviously Richie Anderson was older than me, but he
0: was at Sherwood. and right.
1: It was. It, it was just a, a talented group of individuals and kids living out there, and you just got better, you competed.
0: And you were not only a cornerback, a defensive back, but you also played running back. So were you a full two-way player, 60-minute player? I
1: was a full two-way sixty-minute player. I actually, I was probably I was recruited on offense just as much as oh, wow. I was on defense. And my dad switched me. <laughs> my dad, my dad called Ohio State when they offered me the starship and Coach Cooper when I signed my letter of oh. intent. He basically said, "Hey, Coach." Sean is going to play, not play running back. He's going to play defensive <laughs> back. He's going to return kicks and punts. And I wanted to play offense so bad, but my dad was uh, thinking ahead. He was like, listen, you know, 185 pounds in college in the Big Ten, you'll get hurt. The game is changing. It's going towards more throwing, and you need to be a defensive back because running backs going to be extinct in 15, 20 years. I said, wow.
0: (laughs) So clearly your dad was a smart man. Did you realize at that time how smart he was uh, making that move for you?
1: Yeah, when I saw when I first got to Ohio State, and I saw all those big defensive linemen <laughs> like Big Daddy Dan Wilkerson and uh-huh. some of the linebackers. I realized I'd rather hit people than be hit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good point. And uh, you had a very very successful uh, career at Ohio State. You were All America, All Big Ten, all of that. Uh, what was it like playing at Ohio State in front of you know over a hundred thousand fans every single game?
1: Well, it was it it, it was, it was an awesome experience. See, I had a chip on my shoulder. Most people re- realize that. I had Ohio State and Michigan. I actually committed to Michigan. That's a whole different topic for a different day. But I ended up going to Ohio State, but Maryland didn't really recruit me. Ooh. So I was, a little, I was a little disappointed because Coach Jefferson and I recruit me and I was the best player in the area, one of the top players in the area. And I felt like, you know, And Merlin didn't recruit me and I had Michigan and all the other uh, schools recruit me. I just had a chip on my shoulder. So I left and wanted to prove everybody wrong and I was a good player. So going to Ohio, I just went out there every day to compete. You know, I think, you know, halfway through my my, my first day at Ohio State, I crushed all the freshmen. Then Hmm. three days later when all the juniors came in, the first receiver, he got up and he beat me on a slant. And I said, ah it must be luck and I thought I could cover him. Then the second receiver got up and he ran a fade on me and then caught the ball on me. I said, my legs must be tied. And the third receiver got up and caught the ball on me and he caught it one hand and threw the ball at me. And I called my dad. I said, I don't know if playing cornerback is for me. He said, what were the names of the receivers? And I said, well, Joey Galloway's uh, one, <laughs> mm-hmm. one kid's name, Terry Glenn's one kid's name, and Chris Sanders who was at the uh, fastest in the nation for the 200 meters. So, uh <laughs> I it worked out for me as I got past uh, the first day of my shock of the, the level of talent that I was playing against every day at Ohio State.
0: Great stories. You mentioned chip on the shoulder, and you hear that a lot. And If I'm a coach, I would much rather have a guy with a chip on his shoulder. I'm not saying you you had the combination of a lot of talent and the chip, which is almost impossible to beat. But if, if two athletes are close, the one with the chip is the one I want on my team. How important and was the chip on your shoulder, and did it carry you through your entire career?
1: Well, I, I think what carried me through my entire career is the fact that I just I constantly wanted to be the best. I really wanted to prove that I could, you know, I could be always be at the top of my game and be one of the uh, the best. I was fortunate enough to be the highest drafted corner. Uh, I think still today in the history of the NFL. So, um, third, third overall
0: 1997 by
1: Seattle, right? Yep. Yep. Third overall by 1997. And I just wanted to be able to prove to people that, you know, I wanted to be able to prove to people that, I I, you know, I had what it took to be the best. And I've always found a way to figure out like, what was the motivating factor? It was never really money. For me, it was more about, you know, I want to be like Dion or Mm -hmm. I got to be able to cover Randy Moss. I, I love the excitement of matching up on Terrell Lawrence. So that's what it was about for me. And I I started early in the Montgomery County days, Coach Bob Beloyed. You know, my first one-on-one assignment was against a kid named Marlon Evans that I'll never forget at Wooten. He was a senior going to Stanford, and I was a junior kind of a guy who just was trying to prove himself. And uh, that was my first one-on-one battle.
0: Mm-hmm. and And so you played in the n f l for thirteen years that's a long career uh you know average yep. career is i don't know three four five years, and you played thirteen years. did you think did you want to play that long? did you think you would play that long?
1: um you know what honestly you know I just wanted to play as long as I could to be at a and, and compete at a high level. My dad always told me he was like i got to even coach me he's like you know you got the type of talent that's, you know, generational. Where you're tall, long, athletic, and run. So even if you slow down, you could play safety. So my dad was always my biggest champion of,
0: like, you know, what my career should look like. Okay, so you played with the Seahawks for a bunch of years. You played with the Skins here, obviously, and then you ended yep. your career with the with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So with, without getting into every team and every stop, I'd like to actually start with the Patriots. So you know you played for a lot of yep. coaches uh with a lot of players but then you got to play with arguably the greatest coach of all time Bill Belichick you know it's it's a standard question but what was that like how was that different playing for him than for the for other guys
1: Bill was great you know he was smart you know he was knowledgeable he you know i think the thing for bill was you know he 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 could he was very detail oriented he knew everything you know you know, he knew how to get the best of out of every position. He could see, you know, a guy might have been a tight end in college, but he made him outside linebacker in the NFL. You know, so Bill had a, you know, very very good eye for to place people in certain positions.
0: Um, we're going to get to a lot, of, a lot of stuff, including the current skins. We, obviously, we're going to ask you about mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, oh, yeah, I know you yep. have a very special relationship with Dwayne and his family uh, and really want to get into uh, the company. that You're a CEO of Winpact, which is trying yep. to make not only football mm-hmm. safe, but other things safe. So um, we're going to get to that and a bunch more. Uh, as we're going to take a quick break here on MoCo's Most Famous. I'm Joe Yashroff, and we are with the great Sean Springs. Be right back mcm your community media center is making montgomery county a great place to live through programs like 21 this week montgomery county's hardest hitting political talk show keeps you up to date with the local political scene montgomery community media our middle name is community Welcome back to Moco's Most Famous. I'm Joe Yashroff, and we are with Sean Springs, a man that needs no introduction, 13-year NFL player, Ohio State All-American, and uh, great uh, Springbrook High, arguably the greatest football player to come out of Montgomery County. Sean, we were talking about Bill Belichick uh, at the end of the first segment, uh, but you played for not one, not two, but three Hall of Fame coaches, starting with uh, Mike Holmgren at Seat- uh, Seattle. So what was he like? What were the major differences between him and, and Belichick?
1: Well, I think that the big thing for Coach Holmgren was, you know, he was an offensive mind. You talk about West Coast offense and spacing. You know, that was the first time that I've been around an organization with Coach Holmgren. He believed that you didn't have to run a lot of plays, but he believed that if we were not banged up and we were fresher than everyone else, that we would go out and compete and we would win.
0: Uh, and then, of course, Joe Gibbs. Now, this was Joe Gibbs 2.0, so you weren't here for, for the first <laughs> run for the, the championship years. And what was it like to play for, for Coach Gibbs? What did you learn from him?
1: Oh, man, you know, you talk about the ultimate respect. You like playing for, you know, your granddad or something. <laughs> But Coach, Coach Gibbs, man, you talk about, and all all head coaches got a work ethic, and then there's a work ethic, and then there's a coach that wears overalls on the sideline. That's hmm. Coach Gibbs. He worked like a farmer, man. And Coach Gibbs <laughs> is one of the hardest working people you ever meet. You know, if he took off his and shirt, i pants. I'm quite sure he had a pair of overalls underneath <laughs> it. Um, and, and you know, and, and you know, talk about character. You talk about, you know, he's a strong Christian and he has strong faith. And, you know, Coach Gibbs is one of those people that you can believe and trust and you're going to follow.
0: And um, he, he, his first stint here, he was known for a lot of things, for winning Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, none of which are or will be probably in the Hall of Fame, which is amazing. You know, I'm not, not taking anything away from Bill Belichick, but he's got one of the, if not greatest, quarterbacks of all time. Gibbs did it with three guys, not at that, not at that level. No offense to them. One of the other things he was known for, it, you, you mentioned the overalls. He would sleep at Redskins Park, and that's how uh, devoted uh, he was to his profession, his job, his players. Now that was to the detriment of his health, but that that's how um, that's how into his job he was. To 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 your point, he was not mailing it in. Yeah, he was. was. He? <laughs>
1: No, no, he was never building it in. And even as technology got better, he just, you know, one thing I respect about Coach Gibbs, you know, we had an all, awesome staff uh, with Coach Bugle and and Greg Williams. And, you know, um, God, man, we, we just were really, really good. Jerry Gray, Steve Jackson, deeper side of the ball, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the things about Coach Gibbs, man, we just had great coaches. And he let us coaches coach. His coach.
0: And what do you think about a guy who's a Hall of Fame football coach, and it was either last week or the week before, he was inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. To me, that is one of the most unbelievable achievements I have seen in in sports without um, overstating it. But talking about a Hall of Famer in football and in NASCAR, how do, how do you do that? Yeah,
1: just a winner, man. You I mean, he's a great motivator. He has a, a strong desire to win, and, and it comes across with his work ethic that rubs off on the people who are underneath him, coaches, players, drivers, teams, mechanics, anything. You know, you just feel like you want to just do it all and give it your best for this guy, and he's one of the people that you you know. He, you know he appreciates everything that you do, and he'll and and he and he tell you, man, I, hey, man, I love you, and let's go out and do it together. Mm-hmm. He's always he's, he's there for you.
0: That's great. I remember uh, a year after he retired, I believe he won the Daytona 500, which was unheard of—the Super Bowl of 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 racing. So, incredible man, incredible career, incredible two careers, or I guess three careers because he had two with the mm-hmm. the skins. Um, all right, so let's talk about the current skins. Uh, this week they're in in minicamp. Yeah. You got the veterans. You got the uh, the rookies. You got everybody. Do you? There seems to be optimism this year based on um, you know drafting Dwayne Haskins and some other things. Are you as optimistic as some fans are, or are you like, wait a minute, hold on, slow your roll a little bit until to see more?
1: What can somebody answer? One of the Redskins fans not optimistic
0: from
1: June, from June, from June to, June to yep. September. I, that, that's been a, that's been a challenge right here every year is, yes is, you know it's like you don't win a Super Bowl then it's a disappointing season yeah uh it's baby steps I, I here's what I will say I, th- I think that you know the draft was excellent obviously you know we're unsure about the quarterback position with Alex mm-hmm. you know uh Kirk leaving uh, two years ago on free agency free agency then you have Alex and, and but then we then you know with him being unsure if he's come back. And we draft Dwayne Haskins, kid, local kid from Bullets High School. Most people know about my relationship with Dwayne, but thank God he fell to him at 15, so they were able to move some of their later picks up to trade to get sweat. You know, you get the kid who could have easily been a top-10 pick from Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Moreland is a guy I love. That's a kid who can play, and I wouldn't be surprised he started as a rookie for the Redskins. Wow. You know what I mean? You have to be excited about some of the offseason moves. I know some of them were, you know, a little controversial, like Ruben Foster, and unfortunately, what happened to him was not right. good. But you know, you got to be excited about. It. You got a young guy's back. You got Adrian Peterson. You got a young quarterback for the future. You know, we got to see what we have on the offensive line and defense seems to be uh, stout. We short up the middle with Landon Collins. It would have been even special if over had Ruben Ruben Foster. But you got to think that the guys like Jonathan Allen and you know, who, who's a big man up front along with uh, the consistent Kerrigan, that that team has a few pieces in mm-hmm. place where we should be pretty good.
0: So it sounds like you're at least a little optimistic. And I know it's kind of a running joke that the Skins have been off-season champs several years in a row. Um, but uh, it sounds <laughs> like there's at least a little reason for optimism that there's been improvement and, and a little more talent to work with.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And, I, and, I, and, and optimism comes from the fact that, you know, we, we – over the last couple of years, it seems like Bruce is trying to do it the right way. You know, it's unfortunate what happened with Alex, but I mm-hmm. think you know the blessing and the whole thing. may be the fact that now you, Dwayne Haskins came to you. So hopefully, hopefully, Alex can be what he was to Patrick Mahomes and mentor that young kid if he's not able to come back.
0: Right. So you mentioned Dwayne Haskins. Um, let's talk about mm-hmm. uh, when you met Dwayne, and then why he came yep. to, and why he came to this area.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I met Dwayne uh, when he was 11 years old in the passing camp with my son, Scholar. Hmm. And I saw Dwayne there, and then my son got up and threw the ball at 11 years old. He probably threw about 30 yards. So that's a pretty good throw. Then the kid behind him comes up and throws about 50 yards. I was like, that's a great throw. And that kid ended up being my son's friend. That kid's name was Dwayne Haskins. And I kept in close contact with him and the family. And one day, I just got up enough nerve to talk to the family, probably when Dwayne was probably his freshman year at the high school of New Jersey. I said, you know what? This kid needs to be in the Washington, D.C. area, D&B. He needs to play for some great coaches, some of the best talent that's down there. And you guys should let me show you some schools. And I was able to convince those guys to transition the whole family, Dwayne and Tamir, you know, his sister. And uh, the mom and dad took a leap of faith, trusted in my uh, guidance and came down and actually lived with me for uh, almost uh, a year. And next thing you know, Dwayne is at Bullis. Next thing you know, he, hmm. we, he was committed to Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, committed to Maryland, but that's got fired and right. he ended up on Ohio State.
0: So it sounds like you're a heck of a recruiter. So will we uh, be seeing you as a head coach of a major football program?
1: Well, I think well you know you know when I when I finish with Winpack maybe you can see me as the next GM for the Washington Rescue.
0: Ooh, ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. So what did you see in Dwayne Haskins? I mean obviously there's obvious talent, but what specifically did you see that you liked in him?
1: Well, I, I think at an early age you could see that Dwayne, he clearly he had the arm strength, but making an adjustments and probably at twelve years old, Dwayne could at least go to a second progression. He could look at one receiver if he's covered, go back to the next guy. That was one thing, and he, you know he was a kid always asking, Mister Springs, how do I? What, what would you do right here? He was just wanting to watch tape, wanting to watch film, and that and that showed through college. You know, in a show through the NFL, it's going to show where, you know, Dwayne is a gym rat. You know, he's one of those guys who's going to crunch hours and hours and hours to film. So he's comfortable. He knows until he gets it. I mean, it's it's some learning that he has to do, the learning curve going to the NFL, but I'm quite sure the way he studies, he'll pick it up.
0: So critics, it's not necessarily critics of Haskins, but, you know, nowadays everybody's nitpicking and looking for things um, to not necessarily bring you down, but looking for things that somebody needs to work on. So the two things, uh, and you can't really work on this, but he only played one full year at Ohio State and he's not necessarily a great athlete. He can move in the pocket, but he's not a great athlete. What would you say to the people who say bring up those two points?
1: Well, the first point, you're absolutely right. You know, there's, you know, he only played one year of college football. You know, he obviously was in the program for three years. Well, you know, we we see that like Trubisky from Chicago is like that. And, you know, uh, I will say this, you know, maybe... You know, if he's ready to go at the start of the season based on his advancement and understanding the system, you can play him. But if not, it'd be great to, you know, have him learn for a year if he could. Because once you get that NFL practice, NFL experience, you'll start to see how the pros and how like Case Keenum or Alex Smith, they prepare and I can help you. The second point I would say, you know, now that you're in the NFL and it's no longer College, you have no excuse not to be in prime condition and having your body right because now you have the, the money to be able to eat correctly and pay attention and you get fined in the NFL if you're not where you need to be. Because I'm quite sure he's going to be motivated to make sure that he's the best version of himself.
0: And the point about him not being the greatest athlete in the world, Tom Brady might be the least athletic quarterback I've ever seen, and he might be the greatest of all time. So as long as you can avoid pressure and and move in the pocket, I don't think you have to be Steve Young or Russell Wilson. Uh, Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I, I think so, I, and I, and I think you got to be able to make the decision. I, I think the game has changed a little bit from when Tom first came in, where you got to be able to escape. I'm not saying you have to be able to run, but you got to be able to escape enough where you can get away from some of these more athletic defensive ends that you may face week in week out.
0: Sure. And you mentioned that you know if he's not ready, give him a year. It seems like we're moving away from that now that we're forcing maybe not forcing, but we expect these rookies to be ready right away and I think to me, it should be case by case if if he's ready, start him if he's not, let him sit until he's ready in in the perfect world
1: in the perfect world, but you you and I know <laughs> that the fans in washington yep. <laughs> yep. have no patience, they want him to play you know.
0: That is true. That is true. So uh, you mentioned something kind of in passing, and I don't want to let it uh, slip away, uh, about being a GM. Now, is that something you have thought about, to to be in the front office, to be a GM, uh, or were you just joking?
1: No, no. No, I love my input. I would love to have input, but I'm not sure that's my, my career path. Uh, okay. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, when they sit and watch the table, it's like, man, you should go back into coaching or personnel. Like, you know, a lot about mm-hmm. football, I was like, well, when you're a little kid and you grow up in a game, mm-hmm. like guys like myself and Peyton Manning, you know, I've been around guys like Gil Brent, legendary Cowboys GM for all my life. You know, I've been around these guys and been around, Coach Dicker, Coach Reeves, Coach Holmgren, Coach Belichick, Coach Gibbs, Tom Landry. I, I remember these guys as a little boy in my early days. And some of my friends are coaches now, so I've always been around personnel.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this part is the, the part really that I wanted to have you on the show to talk about what you're doing now and not a lot of NFL players can say they're the CEO of a company. You are the CEO of Winpact, and you're trying to make football safe and not just football, and I'll let you kind of explain uh, how you got into it and what you're doing. Yeah,
1: yeah, most people think that we are a helmet company because of uh – I don't know if you guys had a chance out there had a chance to see the NFL commercial and it showed about, showed I talked about our technology, but we like to say at Winpack we like to say we are a technology and applied science company that focuses on impact protection. We are like or. Easier way to understand it for those out there, with the intel inside Mm -hmm. for uh, padding, (laughs) for football helmets or any type of padding. Today, we work not only in the sports and rec space, work with a football company who produce football helmets and baseball, catchers' helmets and masks and, you know, chest protectors. But we also started, you know, a year ago working with the United States Army for the advanced combat helmet as well as the automotive space. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about our company is we get to work with some great companies. Our technology, our patent, patent solution, called we call it the Crash Cloud, mm-hmm. is a unique combination of air and foam. So basically, Joe, if you squeeze it in your hand, it's soft on um, low and medium impacts. As soon as you put it on a table and you punch it, it will tighten up. And that technology could be tuned for hits, for uh, in a motocross handle with kids and coming down the hill at forty miles an hour in California somewhere, to my daughter riding her bike in the in the Cotswolds.
0: Very interesting. So, um, did, were you thinking about this stuff when you were playing, or did this just kind of come up afterwards?
1: Well, I've always thought about. I think I always had the entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. How I got in tech. You know, I was drafted to Seattle, and 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 people think the best part of being drafted to Seattle was playing for Seahawks. Actually, the best part of being drafted to Seattle was the fact that you know I was with a great owner like Paul Allen. But the mm-hmm. city of Seattle was doing something special. There was a company selling books online that was just getting started, uh, which we know is Amazon. Right. There was a company starting this company starting to expand that was selling three dollars and four dollars waters and coffee, which was Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. And then there was Microsoft who Mr. Allen and Paul uh Bill Gates founded and they were just it was just they were sparing off more technology companies and stuff like that. So I always got excited about technology.
0: So the seed was planted uh, then. That's very interesting. So obviously, mm-hmm. uh, we have learned more about the violence of football, the concussion, CTE. Do you honestly feel like you can make helmets in the game safer with technology?
1: I think the game is going to be safe as now as with technology today, like uh, I just spoke to the NFL. Teams, along with Dr. Seals, the head medical doctor NFL, the NFL today and the technologies, they're developing nine and ten new versions of models of helmets each year because of just the advancement of technology and and machine learning and different things like what my company does. We we understand materials. We understand uh, the shell and how they perform under certain conditions as well as the, the foam or TPU that's put inside. So now we're able to run simulations through our FEA model, you know, millions of iterations to come up with the desired impact protection solution.
0: So we've all heard, and it's, we know this to be true, that players are bigger, stronger, faster, better nutrition, everything. Yep. So the collisions, uh, it would follow that the collisions are, are stronger. Mm-hmm. So can, can science keep up with, with that, with the evolution of man, essentially? <sighs>
1: I don't think it's just the equipment I think it's a holistic approach mm-hmm. you know if you look at it, you know obviously we have the advanced equipment but the rule change you know one of the things they talk about you know today was you know we're looking at Plays. They have data and data upon data on what play, plays guys are getting injured on, like pump protection, hitting a hitting, getting hit a gunner or somebody covering a kick, getting hit on the blind side. So you got to protect the defenseless player, mm-hmm. uh, lowering your head, uh, maybe not tackling so much. I think, like you know, if I'm not mistaken, majority of the majority of the concussions came in practice a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is the NFL is doing a, a good job of looking at the, the players' system from equipment to nutrition to health care to pain uh, management to uh, as well as, you know, sleep and everything else that, as an athlete needs to do to perform at the next level at the highest
0: level. Right, so we all know football is king. Do you worry what? that it's not going to be around in 10, 15, 20, however many years?
1: Well, I, I think the I think the game is always going to be here. You know, I think as we continue to evolve, clearly you see the game has changed. If you, if anybody saw the the way that the, I think it was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams played last year, mm-hmm. or you even watch the team like the Patriots, the Patriots and and, and the Saints play. You'll see that the game is wide open game. Put the athletes in space. It's not three yards in a cloud of dust like it used to be. The fullback position is almost gone. The tight end position is almost gone. Mm-hmm. And seventy percent of the defense on first down and first, second, and third down are like nickel. Mm-hmm. You know, so the game is going to more finesse passing game, wide open game. And that should change the way we look at the sport as well.
0: Uh, You've heard uh, the talk, and and we knew this was coming because it's been kind of uh, talked about the last few years. You know, we don't need four preseason games, but, hey, let's do two, and then let's have 18 regular season games, which to me doesn't sound like a real – I know why they're doing it because more meaningful games and more money, and it always comes down to money. But that that seemed that that would be conducive to – brain health uh, to have two more real games for for players per season what do you think
1: yeah I think I think it's gonna be you know one of those things that you're gonna have to keep a close eye on you know I think um, you know more exposure obviously in real games versus preseason games where you know it's not that the the guys aren't going hard in preseason just you have more people who are more playing and you're not playing a full game so therefore there's less plays or less opportunities to be uh, injured um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting to see you know, uh, how that affects even the rosters, right? 18, mm-hmm. two more games, you may get more roster spots or things like that. So I think that that's going to be something interesting that the NFL is going to probably play with and we'll, we'll see how it goes.
0: And I'm sure that will be, if not the biggest, one of the biggest uh, points for the, the contract, which is coming up in a couple of yeah. years. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what about, what have you done? How long have you been with the company, Sean? Uh, one fact: We we've been around five years now. And what mm-hmm. what are you most proud of so far? Oh uh, well, we got products on the market
1: in baseball, or, you know. But the thing I think I'm most proud about is you know, the work we're doing in the United States Army. It's one thing to improve the safety for athletes in sports and it's pretty cool to see our products and products that my kids can wear and exciting. But it's another thing to protect, you know, the soldiers, you know, most people associate, you know, bomb blasts and traumatic brain injury because they're these guys aren't playing necessarily a the game. These young men and women who are protecting our freedom mm-hmm. are playing a life and death game. So we take it very seriously to make a better padding solution for those guys. Not young, a, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, obviously not every NFL player, every a retired NFL player becomes a CEO. In fact, very few. I don't know if you know how many, <laughs> but I'm I'm sure the number is, is not, not that big. So that that is a really cool thing and, and talk about being a role model, you know, kids see that yeah, you were an NFL star in college and high school star, but now you've you've used that career and, and you know, done something really special.
1: Yeah, you know it's you know, all my life, I've I've, I've been told to just uh, shoot for the stars and land on the moon. <laughs> um, my dad was a big inspiration in my life. My mom has been a bigger inspiration in my life. Just you know, if you work hard enough, go for it. Uh, my dad was a professional football player, and my mom was in the army. And so, one told me like just 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 you know work hard and work hard as possible. And then my mom would always say, just be disciplined you know detail your work so I, I was fortunate enough to have two exciting and great parents and uh, you now i was blessed to be you know uh today where i'm at to be a role model for my kids and others
0: are you more and this might be a silly question but i'll ask it anyway are you more proud of your football playing career or what you're doing now Almost. I always looked
1: at football as a stepping stone for the next step of my life. You know, I gave everything I had to the game and wanted to make sure I continue to network and make, build relationships for afterlife. But I always kept in mind that, you know, football is a sport and it doesn't last forever. I mean, I would love to play until I'm 50 years old. But unfortunately, you know, it's a young man's game where you got to be able to run and move. and, And so it eventually comes to an end.
0: Now, you could have been – I mean, you were a TV star. We worked together, again, full disclosure, Comcast Sportsnet, and you were, you, you were natural, obviously, because you knew the game and you just you, – you got TV very quickly. So you could have easily chosen a career in TV and become very good. Uh, why did you choose to kind of not do that more full-time?
1: Well, the, the the truth of the fact is, you know, I had a chance to go through the ESPNU and very mm-hmm. similar to what my, what, what my college teammate, Joy Galloway, is doing. And I love working with Comcast and, and breaking down the film. And, and, you know, I get excited when I hear guys like Tony Romo talk because mm. I talk the same way, right? i <laughs> I, I break down film, but we so used I I see it. So we get it. He's giving you guys an insight of what actual players are talking about in the, inside the meeting rooms. But, um, you know, when you have an opportunity to, to, to do something special and change, change lives, you know, um, in a technology space and what I'm doing for the game of football, what I want to do for the game of football, it seems to be uh, my call in our life.
0: Absolutely. And, and, um, Truth of the matter is anytime you decide to change your mind, anyone will be glad to have you on on their TV network talking football. so you, you've always got that in your in your back pocket so that must be a nice luxury to know that if you ever change your mind or want to take it on as an additional job you, you can do it right? All
1: right, we're going to see if it doesn't work out for Wimpack, We're going to see if you invite me on your podcast Uh,
0: and have me on there all full time with you. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. So you mentioned Tony Romo. uh, Last couple questions. Tony Romo stunned me. I mean, I've been working in TV for over 30 years. I did not think he would be great. I did not think he would be good. And he is, to me, tremendous. And he's so he's knowledgeable. He tells you what plays are coming next, and some people are annoyed by that. But I think it's incredible. He has energy. It's, it's genuine. And he works really well, really well with Jim Nance, yep. who's a Hall of Famer. And I think he's actually mm-hmm. brought Jim Nance's game back up. So were you kind of stunned how good Tony Romo is on TV so quickly?
1: Well, I'm, I'm not stunned the way he can call out plays and understand the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think with most players, most people will realize that NFL players, especially quarterbacks, an amount of film that they watch and how they need to know how what everybody's doing on the film field. So I'm not stunned by his, his ability to call plays. I am stunned by, you know, kind of his timing. You know, you know, obviously Jim Nance is a, the ultimate professional, so it's probably easier to work with him. But mm-hmm. with that being said, TV is not hard. I mean, it's not easy no. to do. It's very yeah. hard. Yes, it is very hard. It's not easy. So, I mean, he picked it up. And, you know, Tony's one of those guys, man, if he puts his mind to it, he'll
0: go out and get it done. And he he can play golf. He can, you know, football player, golf player, TV guy. It's really annoying. Actually, I don't like people like that. They're just too good at too many things. And it's very, very annoying. It's just not fair. Um, hey, Sean, I really want to thank you for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. you got thank a lot you. of things going on. And uh, you had an amazing career at Springbrook, Ohio State, and the NFL. And now you're doing some amazing things uh, as the CEO of Winpact. And uh, thank you so much for, for being part of MoCo's Most Famous.
1: All right, thank you.
0: And uh, we'll talk to Sean, uh, I'm sure, in an upcoming podcast. And I want to thank superstar Carolyn Raskowskis and everyone at MyMC Media. And we will see you next time on MoCo's Most Famous.